You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith We're about to get into our next segment, um, our Bible study, which we call Encounter with God. There's one person we're not having an encounter with, though, and that's Lawson. Yes, unfortunately, he had to head off. Um, yeah. The FBI decided to somehow trans- teleport yeah. in after His terrorism that. joke, <laughs> the Australian Federal Police busted down our doors. No, no, Lawson just had a another commitment, so now we have Nikita Yes, uh, across from me. And, um, yeah, we're, we're here. We're ready to get into it. Okay. How are you going, Nikita? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's yeah. the morning. I am awake somehow. That, that's a good. That is. A, that's that's one of the goals of the morning, isn't it? Just yes. like let's let's get here, let's get awake, and then the rest comes easy. Absolutely. But before we start the study, we've got our next quiz question. Absolutely. So if you'd be able to take that. So, question four, I believe we're up to. How often could the high priest enter the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was? So that's a pretty big one. Now, we've got four options for this. So again, how often could the high priest enter the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was? Is it A, once a year, B, on holy feast days, C, on the Sabbath, and or D, twice a year? So yeah, you know this is a pretty big part of mm-hmm. the of the Jewish sort of service in the temple, yes. and and how that actually works. The holy of holies sometimes translated as the most holy place. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, how often could the high priest? And it was only the high priest who could enter it. Yes. Uh, how often could he do it? Once a year on holy feast days. So A is once a year. B on holy feast days. C on the Sabbath, or D twice a year. And if you have the answers for that, please text us through zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And there are two books. For- Absolutely, we've got God with us and God for us. So they're both commentaries on the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. and you know they they dive deep into this book. And I just love the titles. You know, God with us and yes. God for us. I think that's a beautiful summary in and of itself in, in mm. the Gospel of. John um, and how you know God was with us like like yes. without the gospel of John it's hard to find a basis for the Trinity you know mm. like the, the, the doctrine of the Trinity this beautiful idea that God actually was incarnated on this earth yes. that he died for us absolutely uh, Jesus Christ you know um, died on that cross to save us to forgive us of our sins it, it's powerful and you know James W. Gilly the author of these commentaries he gets into it and he looks at the gospels in detail at the gospel I should say in detail mm-hmm. but also looks at how John can tell us and really inform us about our experiences today how it, how it is a timeless and super relevant book for our walk today so oh that's beautiful worth getting your hands on guys please text us it's been pretty quiet today so you've, you'll get more chances of um, getting a, a, vic- a win in that drawer a ticket in that drawer yes. if you text to a correct answer to 0491-064-669. Okay. So today's study, um, we've got the this week's um, overarching theme is blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we're going through the eternal king of unrivaled power mm. for today. So with that title in itself, what comes what comes to your mind when you think of that? The eternal king of unrivaled power. Well, first of all, that is like... In the context of the time where there were a lot of kings and they're all vying for power, some kings of cities, kings of little nations, calling oneself, like referring to an eternal king of unrivaled power, that's a bold claim. Mm. And of course, there's only one person I think of when it comes to that, the eternal king of unrivaled power, that's God. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a beautiful um, image that um, comes to mind. And for the sections of the Bible, for the study, it's actually looking at Psalm 2 to begin Mm. with for the entire chapter. So... If we want to read that Let's first. get into it. Yeah. yeah, so Psalm 2, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Um, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords for us. 
He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Oof. It, it sounds pretty harsh to an extent, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> and like, it's pretty full. Of, like, this is a messianic prophecy, this one. Mm. This is talking about the coming Messiah. Uh, it is actually a Psalm of David. Yes. Uh, okay. Which is pretty cool. The, the book of Psalms actually doesn't attribute it to anybody. But um, doing a little bit of search and research on this one, mm-hmm. I did find out that um, Acts chapter 4 refers to this Psalm and attributes it to David. Okay. So this is a Psalm of David, Psalm 2. So, so David's, yeah. We're specifically in Acts 4, so if people want to look back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, basically verses 24 to 26. Hectic. So, yeah, I, I can read over that even briefly. Um, it says, When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of uh, your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage? And then it quotes the psalm, basically. Mm. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers bend together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, obviously in Acts, they're referring to this because their messianic prophecies are pretty important when Mm. the apostles are like Jesus has been, he's ascended to heaven. Um, The apostles are out there. They're spreading the gospel. They're saying the Messiah has come. You guys missed him. (laughs) Very true, eh? Yeah. So with that... What is the kind of context and the background for this um, messianic um, prophecy, you can say? And Mm. how can we actually see Jesus throughout this um, section here? Ooh, good one. Yeah, well, in terms of the psalm itself, um, I actually like that the word son is used, you know, like in in Mm. verse 12, like kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Um, Like, so there, there is a direct reference to the son. Um, of course, different theologians might argue different things about that yes. because, you know, earlier in the psalm, there's a reference to the Lord said to me, like as in David, you are mm. my son. But, um, yeah, so there's a direct reference, I think, to the son, and I do think it's referring to the son of God here. Yes, I, I see that too as well, actually. It's very interesting um, in verse 9 where it um, talks about a rod of iron, and mm. it, the rod actually kind of reminds me a little bit more of... Um, you know, in Psalm 23, where David says, like, your rod and your staff, they mm. comfort me. So, like, we don't particularly want the rod, um, but sometimes yeah. we actually need to be put into our places and just going, like, <laughs> hey, um, you're kind of not going the right direction, child. Yeah. I need you to not poke that fork into the, uh, the mm. socket so you don't get yeah. electrocuted. Yeah, well, there's something cool about that, actually, in terms of God's law. We've talked a lot about God's law over mm. this series. Um you know, sometimes I think people can see it as a rod in that, oh, no, it's going to whack me and I'm in trouble. Yeah. But it's really there to keep us on the right path. Mm, absolutely. You know, I, I've never dealt with sheep myself, but I grew up on a farm <laughs> and um, I did a lot of cattle work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to ride on my motorbike, herd the cattle, and, man, I found cattle frustrating. <laughs> and I think sheep are pretty similar because you'd be getting them all. They'd be heading right towards the gate. You'd be yeah. moving them from, like, one paddock to the other, and then the one up the front would suddenly veer off and the whole Ooh. herd follows. Oh, no. And I'm frantically on my motorbike trying to herd them around, you know. And, oh, man, it was hectic. Um, obviously not didn't have a rod in this particular scenario. But, yes. you know, it's so easy 
to veer off the path. Definitely. And I think we as Christians in our walk, you know, sometimes the gate's right in front of us and, you know, we, we, we're tempted by sin. We have these struggles and we're, mm. <laughs> we are all too easily um, tempted to veer off the path at yes. the last minute, you know, to go off somewhere else. And sometimes that rod, it's just a bit of a reminder, like, hey, back on the path, guys. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't it kind of um, one of those fascinating things similar to habits when we're trying to break an old habit that we don't like and mm. we're trying to um, create a new one? Mm. And just as we're about to um, step out of our comfort zone our brain's kind of like, alert, 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 get back, mm. <laughs> get back into your comfort zone. And God's just like, no, 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 break that comfort zone. I want <laughs> you to be able to reach this point. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, I, I like with that comparison to Psalm 23, you know, because I think mm. that that's this beautiful psalm, the idea of your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yes. Because the rod and the staff were used to keep the sheep in line. Mm-hmm. You know, the rod, like the idea of a shepherd's crook, you know, grab the sheep around the neck, <laughs> essentially pull them back in the line. Um <laughs> But, you know, also these things were used to keep them safe from predators. Absolutely. So, you know, God is God is presented, I think, as a king. Um, mm. I, I think there's, in a strange way, there's a similarity between the role of shepherd and the role of what a king is supposed to be. Yes. Um, like a king, the whole idea of a king is that they're meant to be there to protect and guide their people. Mm. That's what they're meant to be there for. Obviously, yeah. you get a lot of kings who are pretty corrupt and they're just there for the riches and yeah. the parties. But that's the that's the role of a king and mm. um, I, i'm a big medieval history fan and like the whole <laughs> the whole feudal system was geared around this idea of you know the peasants they they're the majority they create the food mm-hmm. um but the king gives them protection so it's meant to be a symbiotic relationship the king organizes protection for them and there, there's this whole structure you know um like peasants knights you know nobleman king mm. but the idea is it's meant everyone's benefiting each other yeah absolutely. and um yeah that's what a king's meant to do and i i see a king in this psalm that is awesome. Like mm. you get to see a little bit of who Jesus is and mm. just how we can actually kind of relate to him in some certain aspects. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show. Connect with us on zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. Yeah, so we are just talking about the Psalms here. We've just gone over Psalm 2. Yes. Um, yeah, having a great discussion. Just seeing a little bit of who Jesus is and how we can actually understand, not only just understand him, but also have a relationship with him, which is actually very mm. fascinating. Um, I actually quite like verse 11 as well. Serve the Lord mm. with fear and rejoice with trembling. Mm. It, it kind of, um, fear is a very... Um, off-putting words sometimes, isn't mm. it? Where we kind of think, oh, okay, so we want a God that wants us to tremble in anxiety <laughs> and all these negative things. Mm. However, the the Hebrew word actually refers to like respect and reverence. Yeah. So it's it's not actually cowering away mm. um, in and you can say in an abusive situation, it, God's not asking for that. Yeah. Um, he actually yeah. wants us to come to Him out of respect and reverence in awe of who yes. He is. That's what I was going to say. Awe. I think. Fear is a grossly inadequate word mm. uh, in English, I reckon, yes. sometimes, because we think of fear as in, um, like, we're scared. Mm. Uh, but even in the history of the English language, that wasn't the case. Like, oh, okay. um, words sometimes change a little bit yes. in their meaning. My favourite is probably the word terrific. Um, okay. We think of the word terrific today, and it, I, I say it because it's related to the idea of fear. Mm-hmm. Terrific used to mean horrifyingly scary. Oh. So, like, oh. I, Ivan the Terrible of Russia, for example, mm-hmm. is often, his name was sometimes translated to Ivan the Terrific, which okay. which we don't think of Ivan the Terrible that way because no. he was pretty terrible. <laughs> um, but the word terrific sort of changed over time. In, in, in the same way as a modern trend might, like, if, if something's, wow, man, that's sick, you mm, know, like, <laughs> wasn't so true. long ago something that was sick was... Like, 
you know, it was not good. It was unhealthy. Mm, makes but, me think of like yeah. Jane Austen's book whenever she says, oh, like Elizabeth Gailey um, went uh, gallivanting <laughs> around in the field. Yeah. And it's like, that's not particularly a word we'd use <laughs> like that anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like fear is one of these words, I reckon. But but fear historically did mean, even to the translators in English, mm. or like, okay. like I'm in awe of this. Like if yeah. you're standing before something with, with a degree of fear, you're looking at something like incredible and you're going, wow, this is, yes. I, I'm dwarfed by the scope of this, the magnitude of this, the power mm. of this. It, it's yeah. a beautiful thing because in a way we can kind of relate that with the people around mm. us too. When we've got mentors or people who are just in such high positions where you're just like, mm. I want to be able to at least know you or some bit about you. Yeah. Um, like I know some of my mates who absolutely love um, like football, as in mm. soccer, um, for those who say that here. <laughs> <laughs> and like the way that they look at um, the, the players and they're just mm. like, oh man, I want to be able to be a goalie like that. I want to yeah. be able to um, score, score goals like yeah. that. Um, yeah. And the very fact that is not only is it just having um, or to God and mm. for God, it's actually serving God with yeah. awe. Uh, it yeah. makes me think of Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. Mm. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for mm. there is no work, device, or knowledge, or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Mm. Um, and it's just we're called to actually serve God with mm. all our heart and our mm. desire to not only do it out of works-based but mm. because we have a relationship with god like yeah. you've got your wife mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily like there's sometimes things you don't want to do yeah. <laughs> but you do them out of love and respect for her as mm. she does for you too right absolutely yeah like marriage i think anyone married would be able to testify to the fact that there's a lot of compromise involved you've got to mm. learn to to live and work alongside this other person as a team yeah and you know that that comes with its Great days where everything works perfectly, and that comes where it's days where it's like there's a little bit of a clash. Yeah. But it is a beautiful experience. And I love this idea, in, to just to go back to verse 11, mm. this, this idea of rejoicing with trembling. Yes. You know, like as we stand there in awe, we're rejoicing. Mm. Because this God, ultimately, you know, this, this powerful king that is depicted in this psalm, he's there for us. Um, we're serving him, yes. Yeah. Uh, we're serving him with, with awe. Uh, but it's it sounds to me like when rejoice is put in there, mm. it's it's voluntary. Yes. You can't really force someone to rejoice. No. You know, you can force someone to pretend to. Yes. I imagine like North Korea where everybody's smiling and waving <laughs> for all of the parades, right? Yeah. Um, but you can't genuinely force someone to rejoice. I, mm. I see that less as an act and more of a, like you've kind of got to feel it to yeah. really rejoice it because you're taking joy in something, right? Absolutely. Uh, it's yeah. fantastic because... There are things where, like, you've got the Great Canyon and all these beautiful mm. um, landscapes. I remember being in Iceland and just being able to look at all these um, icebergs and glaciers and mm. even the um, geysers. And you just look at them in awe. And sometimes you get those, like, little shakes in your body just mm. like, how can this be real? Mm. <laughs> and we get mm. to – that's just the creation and the ability to be able to see God's work in nature. Yeah. And that just makes me so – like, I rejoice with trembling at that mm. because it's just like how do you do this lord like yeah. the rainbow with the refractions and the um rain when mm. it's going and then you see all these beautiful designs from the spider's web mm. and everything like that yeah oh the wonders of nature dwarf in scope and in in magnitude and in just beauty i think even mm. the even the greatest of man's creations in yes. terms of like I, i'm a big fan of like beautiful old cathedrals and oh. things like that but <laughs> the power of nature the thing things like the grand canyon that you mm. mentioned like it's incredible what God makes. Absolutely. And, and how God did it by speaking. 
you know, in seven days. Definitely. <laughs> um, or six days. Mm, yeah. Six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested. Mm. Um, and the beautiful thing is to finish off this psalm as well. Mm. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Mm. So we're voluntarily putting our trust in God. And trust doesn't come instantly. No. Um, it's definitely something that we are not desire we it's not a desire of our heart to do mm. so because we have to be vulnerable we don't mm. like to be in that sort of position yeah um but we choose to put our trust in someone yeah. especially like it's very easy to do that when we see someone and a little bit difficult when we don't see god but we also mm. like when we don't see a physical person in front of us, but we actually get to see his creation and beauty, even though the world is marred by sin, mm. we actually get to see, like, God actually provides for us. We've got houses. We've mm. got all these different things that he's created that he's just like, you can use these tools for good. Yeah. It's a choice that we do. Yeah. And when we do them for good, when we put our trust in God, mm. we're blessed, which is happy, yeah. <laughs> joyful. Yes. And and again, at the risk of sounding like, like a broken record, um, <laughs> again, that really highlights that we choose to do this, which is why mm. we must reject, I guess, in, in reading this psalm, the traditional definition of fear in yes. the English language. Because, you know, you can't, through fear, force someone to trust you. Mm. You can force them to obey you, to Absolutely. submit to you. But that word is very clear, trust. Um, and we're blessed if we put our trust in him. Mm. And I, I, I think he's trustworthy, right? God always Amen. comes through. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So love that psalm. It's a beautiful mm. thing. And carrying on, we actually get to see um, Psalm 89, mm. verses 13 to 17, praising God. And funnily enough, this psalm in itself is actually not written by David. No. It's Ethan the Ezraite. Yeah, so Ethan the Ezraite was actually a member of David's court. He's okay. mentioned a couple of times in uh, 1 Chronicles, mm-hmm. uh, actually 1 Chronicles chapter 2 and yep. um, 1 Chronicles chapter 15. He's mentioned just a couple of times, very briefly. But what we know from 1 Chronicles 2.6 um, it says that Ethan is, um, just to paraphrase, he's appointed by King David to lead the music, among oh, others. Be- that is beautiful. Uh, in the house of the Lord, specifically. So, yeah. yeah, he's a young guy. He's apparently renowned for his wisdom. Yes. Um, and, yeah, like, he's an interesting sort of figure. So, yeah, this young guy, member of David's court, and that's why David's actually mentioned in the psalm a few times. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense, then. Well, would you be able to read Psalm 89, verses 13 to 17, please? Let's do it. Um, You have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, and high is your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In your name they rejoice all day long, and in your righteousness they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and in your favor our horn is exalted. Amen. I'm just going to add actually verse 18 because I really like it too. For our shield belongs to the Lord and our king to the Holy One of Israel. I I, I love, there's once again this awesome king imagery here, hey? Mm, You get to see this, um, like, as you described the king before, they had the power Mm. and strength to be able to actually Mm. either build up a nation or break down a nation. Mm. Um, And we have the beauty one, our king, the holy one of Israel. This is pointing to Jesus once again as well. Mm. As um, in my Torah class yesterday, I um, love Emmanuel to pieces. Shout out mm. to Emmanuel. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, where Jesus affirms the law, the prophets, and um, oh, the writings. Mm. Where he's saying, 
the law, the writings and the prophets actually speak of me. Mm. And we get to see it throughout the entire Old Testament as mm. well as all through the New Testament after um, Jesus um, is in heaven now. Yeah. And that's the beauty of um, being able to see his character and who mm. he is. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're getting into the Psalms, but before we do that, uh, we need to do our final quiz question. Yes. The last one. So if you could take that for us, Nikita. Can do. So this one is a true or false answer question. The famous exhortation to put on the full armor of God is found in Galatians. Ooh. This is one of my favorite um, yes. favorite sections of scripture, but okay. is it found in Galatians? Mm. Is it found in Galatians? I actually have a suit of armor at home. Like I actually own one, I, a full armor of God. I actually used it as an object lesson once in a sermon. Good hey, fun. Um, did the but, kids enjoy that? They did, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the famous exhortation to put on the full armor of God is found in Galatians. True or false? Um, please, yeah, text your answers through to 0491-064-669 and go in the draw. Uh, for every correct answer, by the way, every correct answer. It's not yes. that you have to answer all the questions correct It's uh, for the whole quiz. Just every correct answer you get puts you in the draw to win uh, not one but two books, which will be drawn tomorrow. So the books are God With Us and God For Us by James Gilley. And um, they're books about the gospel according to John. Mm. So they're commentaries. And I've said this before, but I love the titles, right? God yes. With Us, God For Us. Um, the Gospel of John is this beautiful gospel, so it's it's a great chance to really go deep into the Word, to go deep into John, and also, yeah, really look at that timeless nature, the timeless truths found in uh, John, and how it's so relevant for us today in our walk in the modern situation. So it's fantastic. So, guys, yeah. if you have the answer to whether the famous exhortation to put on the full armor of God is found in Galatians, true or false, please text us at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Yeah. So, so back into the Psalms. Yes, back into the Psalms of 89 as we read beforehand. Um, we were just talking a little bit um, during the song and it actually um, when thinking about God's character, especially in verse 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mm. Mercy and truth go before your face. Mm. Um, it actually made me think of um, when... God, the Lord God, actually passed before Moses, mm. where in Exodus 34, verse 6 says, And the Lord God passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding mm. in goodness and truth. Continuing in verse 7, saying, Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and mm. sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third mm. and fourth generation. Yeah. And it just makes me think, we actually get to see a lot of God's character being praised in mm. the Psalms, especially in this segment here. Righteousness and justin, justice sorry, are the foundation of God's throne. Mm. And so it's God's a firm foundation, isn't he? hundred percent. And I love that, frankly, juxtaposed with the era that this is being written in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're looking at uh, Ethan the Ezraite writing this in the reign of King David. Mm. Um, I, I think there's a juxtaposition there in a way because not many thrones, if we're being honest, of kings, despite yes. what the role theoretically entails. Uh, it's a role with great temptations. Any leadership mm -hmm. role is. And it's very rare that we can honestly say about a political leader or a king that righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Very true. But God is very different in that space. Like He, he represents, like nobody else can, um, righteousness. 
mm. doing the right thing, following the like David David was called a man after God's own heart. Yes. And you know, he he led a pretty remarkable reign in that by and large he did all right. Mm. But when he fell, he fell hard. Yes. Uh, and some of the things like, you know, obviously the most famous incident is with Bathsheba mm-hmm. and what happened there. Um you know, there were t- there were certainly times where righteousness and justice were not the foundation of David's throne, but rather, you know, in- iniquity mm-hmm. um, and yeah, injustice to to not only um, essentially have an affair with a friend's wife, but yes. then to arrange for the murder of that friend. You know, mm-hmm. that's a pretty egregious sin. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so, juxtaposed with that error, we've got God's mercy. Mm. and his truth, his righteousness and his justice. And I think that's so beautiful, really. It's a fantastic thing to see. Mm. And I like how you actually um, correlate that um, together where it's conjoined because mm. the very um, I remember listening to this um, sermon and the um, pastor, he was basically saying, we can follow the people of God when they're mm. following God themselves. When they decide to stray away from God, that's when you cut them off. In that segment, you don't follow after what they're doing mm. because otherwise we're going to be dragged along with them, which mm. is why we're following the light, not the little lights that are following the light. Mm. Um, and that's just such a beautiful thing because we can see how David actually, when he falls, he repents, mm. he turns to God once he realizes, oh, crumbs. Yeah. I actually shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Forgive me, Father. And he's genuine in his repentance. Yes. Um, and that's why we can't judge other people for what they're doing no, at exactly. that time um, because we don't know their heart position. Yeah. Only God does. And that whole situation, really, it's, I'm, I'm really glad you pointed that out, actually, because we, we have to make sure we mention that, hey, that mm. um, David did fall. Yes. But David rose again. And that, that's ultimately why David was called a man after God's own heart because his heart was fixed on God and he truly and deeply repented. 100%. For his sin, and so God, this God of mercy, you know, mm. this God whose um, whose throne is uh, uh, it's the foundation of His throne is righteousness mm. and justice. The right and just thing to do was to have mercy, mm-hmm. and, and I, I love that. Yes, you know? and that's yeah. the building blocks. When everything else is structured as well, you get to see mm. the skeleton that Jesus puts forward mm. in our faith, and then He continues building the walls, the insulation, mm. and eventually we're going to have a roof over our heads when Jesus comes back in the second coming, yeah. um, which is something to look forward to. Because, like, continuing verse fifteen and sixteen together, mm. blessed are the people who know the joyful sound; they walk, O Lord, in the light of Your countenance. Mm. In Your name they rejoice all day long. All day long we rejoice in his yeah. name. <laughs> Which is pretty cool, hey? Like, there are times where we can be really downtrodden, going like, oh, I've got these assignments due. What, what am I doing with myself? Like, am I actually organizing my time properly? Mm. But then it's just like, okay, well, Lord, I know I didn't do this properly, but please help me. Mm. I'm going to rejoice in you and move forward to do as much as I can to mm. the best of my ability for this. Mm. Um, like, even if it's not assignments, it could be for work, family mm. as well, because sometimes we can have so much struggles mm. in actually being able to reach out to a family or even communicate because there's mm. those days I know as an introvert and um, moved in with a sister of mine um down in Nappy Valley with mm. um, uh, her, and like it's been one week, not even two weeks yet, and we're <laughs> we're still we're having those communication problems. Yeah. But like there are times where it's like, okay, let's blast that worship music and actually mm. just get into a better, not just mindset, but also mm. space. Because yes. when there's contention, you don't really feel or see Jesus in that moment either. Honestly, the amount of disputes, like in my experience as a married man, the amount mm. of disputes that just wash away as, as almost irrelevant when we actually take the time to pray together oh, uh, is incredible, right? You know, you've got to have God and Jesus at the center, mm. I reckon. Um, 
And speaking of Jesus, uh, as we wind up to our last minute, essentially, yes. I, I really want to mention something else about this psalm. I, I reckon Jesus is in Psalm 89. Mm, 100%. Um, and, and it's in verse 13 uh, where it says, You have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, and high is your right hand. Yes. And um, I'd like us actually to go quickly to Acts 7, uh, 55 and 56. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to read that. Go for it. Uh, it says, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So this, this is in the context of um, Stephen, Stephen's martyrdom, basically. Mm. Um, but, yeah, what I really like about that is we see this idea of at the right hand of God, right, is, is the Son, is, yeah. is Jesus. And... Um, yeah, high is your right hand. We're not talking about a right hand as in, you know, when it says strong is your hand and high is your right hand, we're not talking about, you know, oh, we've just got a really strong hand, mm. a really, like, elevated hand. We're talking about the actual elevation of Jesus. Yes. Jesus is the right hand, not, not a literal hand, but the right-hand man, you know. The, 100%. And yeah. there's actually over hundreds of verses where it actually talks about Jesus sitting at the right hand there. Yes, so And many. that's a beautiful thing. We can rely on Jesus to actually mm. have that communication with God. He is our advocate as well as our intercessor. Mm. So if you're struggling, if you're having a difficult time, Reach out to Jesus, pray, sing worship songs. There are times where we don't want to sing and pray, but Mm. we just need to lean on Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Unfortunately, we have to do... Mm. Finish off that study and go off to the quiz questions and have the answers. The time has come for answers. Yes. The people want answers and they're going to get them. So... We've heard your demands and we're we're going there. So the first question was a fill-in-the-blank question. As something sharpens something, so one man sharpens another. That's from Proverbs 27.17 and the answer is iron. As iron sharpens iron, Mm. so one man sharpens another. It's a fantastic thing, actually, having that idea because you've got – you have to have the right people around you and actually organizing that. So you need a good friend to be able to Mm. sharpen you as well as you will sharpen them. You can't have a rusty one sharpening an iron because that's only going to damage you too. And, like, you know, if anyone's listening who's not part of a church, like, I think it's one of the reasons that it's so important to actually go to church because, Mm. um, you know, I'm someone who, when I became a Christian, I I spent six years being like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't need church. Not doing that. Gotcha. Um, But, you know, there is something amazing about actually sitting down and studying with other people and learning with other people. Mm. You do sharpen each other. You get tested in your perspectives. You get to test others in their perspectives. You learn and grow together. Preach it, brother. Preach it. something powerful about that. So, yeah, if you're not going to a church and you're listening – Go to a church, find a church. You know, yes, definitely. It's so important, I think, to the Christian walk. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll stop preaching. And question two. <laughs> um, according to Acts 18, what was Paul's other job beside apostle? It was a tent maker. You mm. can find that in Acts 18, th- verse 3 specifically. Mm. Um, so we need to make money when we're preaching, especially yeah. back then. You needed to fund your um, evangelism and reaching out to people. Yeah. So Paul had to make money as a tent maker to be able mm. to continue as a preacher for the. He was being attentive to his finances. You know, it was a pretty intense <laughs> experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next question in Psalm eighty-nine, which we we it's a pretty important one, hey? Yes. Um, Psalm eighty-nine. What did the psalmist say would endure like the sun? rather than be cast to the ground. The throne. So mm. that's specifically in verses 36 and verses 44 as well yeah. there. So the Just, throne is 
in, would endure like the sun rather than be cast yeah. down to the ground. And that one we were talking about earlier, you know, that throne mm. that's built on the righteousness and mercy. Yes. Yeah, really cool. And then how often could the high priest enter the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was? Mm, the answer is A, once a year. You'll find that in Hebrews 9, 6 and 7. So, yeah, only once a year was the high priest able to go into the Holy of Holies. Yeah. Mm. And um, the last question, that true or false one, the famous exhortation to put on the full armor of God is found in Galatians. That is false. It is Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. Yes. Such a cool passage of scripture that I'd love to exegete like right now, but don't have time. <laughs> um, it is so good, though. Worth a read. Um, so, yeah. Well thank done, you very everybody much who answered, and for, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for answering and mm. um, joining in with us today. But we also have some text messages that yeah. people sent through. So we've got a text from Wayne. Uh, he says, good morning, everyone. Sounds crowded in there. Yeah, Wayne, it's been pretty crowded in here. But now that we've um, we've exiled and excommunicated Lawson, yes. uh, we've all got a bit more room to breathe. No, kidding, kidding. We love having Lawson here. Lawson's awesome. Um, you, you mentioned, should Christians be involved in politics? And your answer was, absolutely. Isn't the great controversy all about heavenly politics? A wise mm. pastor once said to me, uh, Daniel and Revelation, you owe it to yourself to learn this stuff. Yes. Doesn't politics show us how close the end of this world is? Right at the door. Praise God for Pastor Justin. Uh, Monday mm. mornings, keeper gets involved in all things politics and the word of God. So that's Pastor Justin, Justin Lawman, who we yep. introdu- uh, interview about politics and prophecy on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Worth tuning in for that one if you ever have. And um, yeah, and reminding us, Wayne goes on, it's all okay. Jesus is in, con- is in control and Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. Amen to Amen. that, Wayne. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, um, it is actually really good. It's, um, there's one quote I love to listen. It's not wrong to be ignorant, but it's wrong to remain ignorant. Yeah. And as Christians, we are, like, Jesus has warned us what the end times will look like. So mm. we actually have to keep our eye out and actually look into these things so yeah. we can actually practically go like, okay, Jesus is coming soon. That's mm. something to look forward to and not be anxious in. Yeah. Um, you know, politics is a tricky one in some mm. ways. But I think we, we, we humans, we have a tendency to pendulum one side <laughs> or the other, I reckon. And, um, you know, something so important, I think, is uh, trying to keep ourselves in that middle ground. Yes. Like, it's the, the best thing to do is not to bury your head in the sand and mm-hmm. ignore all the politics, yep. nor is it to get so invested in it that it takes away, it becomes like an idol. Yes. Because, because, you know, there's certainly people out there who the Liberal Party or the Labor Party, whichever party they're a fan of, is their idol. And that's, as Lawson said earlier, that's not where we want to go. Absolutely. Um, but being aware of it. And, you know, making our voices heard as Christians is, mm. is our democratic right and a good thing because I think we want to we want to change the hearts of people. We want to evangelize. Definitely. Mm. So it's not wrong to be in politics. It's good to actually research into the different things that mm. um, will help us to actually have the information we need. You are listening to Faith FM and The Breakfast Show is coming to an end. But oh. stay tuned, guys. There is so much programming coming soon. Yes. Um, how, it's been a great show, hasn't it, Nikita? It, has. it always flies it's, by. Definitely. It's been too fast. Like you you and Lawson this morning talking, and I was laughing yeah. in the background sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that Swifty really was fantastic. Oh, Swifty. Legend. <laughs> Absolute legend. And like the study, absolutely beautiful. I love looking into the Old Testament, especially mm. when I get to do an exegesis in Hebrew eventually. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. And it's so good. Like you sound like you're really passionate about Hebrew. It's such oh, a fascinating language. Isn't it, it is. Like yeah. Jesus quotes it very frequently mm. the entire time that he's um, talking in the Old Testament. Uh, sorry, in the New Testament when he mm. was walking around on Earth. Um, and just to be able to actually look back, look at the context and how mm. it applies nowadays as well. Absolutely mm. fascinating. I highly recommend it to anyone. If you get to learn the biblical Hebrew, mm. study it for yourself. Like there yeah, is cool. a depth to those words. 
Absolutely. Um, I'm a Greek fan myself, so like, okay. there we go. We've got the Old and New Testament here, here <laughs> <laughs> presenting on Faith FM. Um, guys, listeners out there, we've got a gift. We've got a speed test. Yes. Uh, the first person to text a certain word, I'm not going to mention it yet, through to <laughs> our number, um, we'll go. We'll win um, a book, God Really, by Harold Giesebrecht, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. <laughs> I could be embarrassing my German heritage by not pronouncing that correctly. But, yeah, it's about addressing challenging questions about the character of God. You know, defending God against the objections of science is so much easier than defending him against damage believers themselves have inflicted. And, yeah, basically, let's look at how God has been portrayed and how we can address that to show him as the mm. that, that seed of righteousness and mercy that it is. So text BOOK through to 0491-064-669 if you want to go in the draw... Or, to win that and remember to uh, talk faith live faith act faith and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM